What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This episode 308B. B? Second episode for the week, we will now discuss our thoughts on Slumberland from Netflix. With you for that discussion, Grayson, Roger, and Chris. For the discussion of Violent Night, including the whole box office breakdown, what streaming trailer talk, check out episode 308A, posting on Tuesday, 1213. Well, gentlemen, welcome back. Hello. It's been a long time. It's yes. been a long, long time. Well, we have we are tasked another with talking about another movie this week, talking about Slumberland on Netflix with Jason Mamoa. So let's do some Momoa. particulars. But Momoa. let's do the Rotten Tomatoes, which this is the one I was remembering if you can okay. reference the earlier episode. This is 38% tomato meter. 86% audience score. That's a big split. Chris, I know you like to make note of the big splits there. It's just, it, it's just indicative to like when I think this is a, a good example of when a critic sees a film and the target audience sees a film. You know what I mean? Like that's yep. like, this is a true split of the people that talk about movies for a living and you know, you get paid for their opinions and then the opinions of the people that are watching the film, you know, by choice. I, I think sure. that, that, that's what we run into when we see these kinds of splits, these kinds of splits. No, I I agree with you. And there's a lot that I want to say that's about what you just said, uh, because I think this movie's better than a 38. I, I don't think it's quite an 86, but I, I think it's better than a 30. Now, I'm using those numbers as like a grading scale, which I shouldn't, but just to give yep. you the what I'm saying is I, I think – when the movie's as when the movie's on fire, it's really it's really on fire. But when the movie's slow and bad, it's really slow and really boring. So well, his Metacritic score is only forty. So so there's that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not terrible. But but then again, I'm a huge fan of Kyle Chandler, and he is absolutely the best part of this movie. One hundred percent for one one day of work. No, no, two this, days this, of this, work. This, this is probably several days for him. But let's um. But let's let's get into the particulars then and see what happened with that one. <laughs> I, I don't know why I was so against watching this movie, but I was, if you guys remember, but I really enjoyed it. I do. I, I do say that. that. All right. Jason Momoa as Flip. Marlo Barkley as Nemo. Chris Dowd as Philip. Terrible name, by the way. Well, this has what, source material. That's that's Nemo, I think he's talking about. Oh, Nemo, okay. And Kyle Chandler's as uh, her father Peter. Also, Ruchi Opia, India, the Beaufort, Humberly Gonzalez, directed by director Francis Lawrence. Roger, tell us what Slumberland's about. Uh, Slumberland is about a young girl who loses her father and starts searching for him in her dreams. It encounters a character named Flip, who also can go from dream to dream, like some sort of uh, magical being. And uh, they go on a quest together to to recover a magical item so she can see her father again. So that's, that's I mean pretty good. That's a good. That's a good apt. And a, fun, and a wild adventure ensues. Well, see the the beginning of this the the beginning and the end of this movie. I I think hundred percent. I don't think anyone's going to argue the best parts of this movie, but also with Kyle Chandler. But that's how you set up. You set up with the emotion and then you bookend with the emotion. And that also sure. helps. And incredible emotion. So this is also taken from a, what I understand, a comic strip many, many decades ago. 
about uh, Captain Nemo and Adventures at the Sea, or sorry, a kid named, I forget what the name of it is, but there's a kid named Nemo and her adventures through Dreamland and the Sea. So this kind of makes sense within the whole adaption realm. I don't know much about it and read much about it, but I know there oh, is source good. material for it, but that's hence the oh. name Nemo. It does make sense. Keep talking. So, I'm going to find something. And of course, Captain okay. Nemo from what, what 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, isn't that Captain Nemo? From the yeah, I mean, I, I could be very wrong about that, but I haven't read those in a while. So, but so Slumberland, it is what you said. It is about navigating dreams and f- kind of figuring out truths to your, to your own self through your own dreams. And sure, where do we start in this one? I want to ask you guys that. Where do we start in Slumberland? I don't understand your question. So, like, where do we start in? Well, where where does the film the start? Tell me, tell me how tell me how that oh, movie starts. I, I mean, it starts off a very isolated island um, where there's a lighthouse, and um, you know, Kyle Chandler was his name, Peter, and Nemo live there, and they run, they maintain the lighthouse the whole time, and uh, that's kind of what they do. And uh, old Peter goes out to uh, try to try to help out a. a um, uh, a fishing vessel that has gone awry. Like, I don't know what he thought he was going to do in his little tiny boat, but <laughs> you know, there's that. And uh, he, he doesn't, doesn't come back. So, you know, there's that. And that's what, you know, they go looking for him in the dream world, because that's the real thing that you can do apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, I it's know. just one of those things. It's, but mostly I think, I think one of the themes of this movie is grief also. Oh yeah, no, she doesn't process her grief correctly. Nobody does. I but that's a, that's the thing that I think there's there's a couple of times the movie makes a statement about processing grief and how no one really does it well. We all do it in our own way and no one should be hurried, no one should be punished, no one should be, you know, taken aback for what they we all process in a different way. And she of course was hit pretty hard. Her father was yeah, everything to her. Um, it was the only thing to her. She was it, man. Well, that's it. I think that's being a little unfair to the character. Although that could just be the writing too. But I, I mean, only in everything is they really wanted you to feel the impact of her losing her father, especially in the beginning. I mean, they said they 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 set it up so you knew that she that that he wasn't coming back. I mean, we knew that he wasn't coming back. Yep. In the opening moments of the movie, after he you know is father of the year and like is the greatest father ever, putting her to sleep with the great stories about Flip and. Yeah. That's another thing is there's only so many characters in this movie. So someone's everyone's got to be someone in reference. So that's also kind of a, a positive thing here. Except for the whole throwaway school stuff. Like, isn't that weird to you? Like the entire idea of the school stuff is completely like throwaway, like well, unnecessary. Well, to the yeah, film. like if it wasn't in there, it wouldn't like really. It would be no different, right? Yeah. I mean, like, I don't. They use it as a vessel to show um, Chris, o, Chris O'Dowd's character. Uh, Phillips like Phillips. transformation near the end but other mm-hmm. than that yeah there's no real tie to the movie I mean the kids are irrelevant the guy that you talk to all the time is irrelevant till the very very end and even then he's still barely relevant like I, well, I don't they, know man they could have done a lot more with it is what I think you're trying to say well they is, had all that know, time and this movie cost 150 million dollars you think they could have done something with it 150 by the way 150 <laughs> God, I can't even. 
Oh boy, Netflix just loves to burn money. They just they they, they just must have so much money that it doesn't really matter to them. Well, look, I, I would like to note, you know, like there are some definite scenes where you can tell the the computer animation is definitely well used, right? Like the one of the things that really stuck out in my mind is when they're they first start dream hopping and they end up inside of that uh the dance hall and um with the butterflies and whatever the flower petals or whatever they are just floating around like looking like people i thought that that looked awesome like yeah, it like, looked really really good right there's no doubt that the cgi in this film is actually really good because we've seen some theatrical well, movies that the cgi has been kind of bad true but they also probably didn't cost 150 million dollars either <laughs> i mean there's a reason why it costs that much right yeah. <laughs> no, that's true but uh, the other part of it is the CGI does look good, but only up until a point for me, right? Like the whole stuff at the end where they're underwater, like at the very end of this movie, I think it looks bad. And yeah. I don't want to harp on the movie for that because it doesn't really matter in the long run of the film, I guess. But it's like, how can it look so good here and so bad there? I just I don't understand it. Well, we talk about a lot of times in movies where like the underwater scenes are so awkwardly hard for these for like to be shot. And yep. that a lot of times, you know, you either you get really good water scenes where or you get really bad ones. Unfortunately, in this one, they kind of missed it on the water. But there's so there's so much good CGI in this that, you know, yeah, there's I, a I, lot like I, driving I, the uh, the big old uh, truck, the little kid driving the truck to yep. the town. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, okay. and and even just like um like pig pig looks pig looks amazing. I think I thought yeah. pig looked really cool like because all of his motions seem very lifelike and like they interact with, with yep. that with the world. It looks, I lo- looks I love very pig. real. And yep. that's wonderful. Wonderful. Well, the, so. the, that's. Well, you could tell where the money went and where it didn't go. And I think that's important when talking about Netflix's way overinflated budgets. As you can tell where it goes and where it doesn't go. And where it doesn't go, I think, more often than not is... I mean, Netflix movies usually look great. There's not, there's never... They're always on par with some of the best visuals in the industry. That that much we know. Well, yeah, they got the budget to do it. Sure. But they, they really... I don't know if they love the in-house writers or they buy... They spec scripts off people or they buy them and they have their own people touch them up like their own same... Netflix tends to fall into the same most of their movies like fall into the same six or seven traps. And you could tell there's a lot of very similar influence in the writing that we talk about all these movies every week from from Netflix. A lot of the problems are always in the same kind of categories. And I've been okay. noticing that a lot too is one thing I will say before we dive really into the discussion of this is they a couple easy fixes revolving the pearls could have alleviated so many of these problems and i don't know if i don't know if it was a secret to the movie who they how long they wanted to keep the reveal of flip to you who 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 he was Mm. i don't know if that was meant to be a secret was it meant to be this hard hard guarded secret I mean, I don't know if it was meant to be like an, an something that you weren't supposed to find out until the end, but I mean, I figured out who Flip was. I don't know when I heard the other guy's name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like well, a it's, lot of people just the two men are very that's the whole thing is they're drawing sure. comparisons between the two guys constantly. So if you didn't figure that out then you're just not very perceptive or you weren't watching it or you weren't watching it to watch it. You were we were watching it as background noise, which is, you know, fine. Mm-hmm. That's how you watch something that can't happen with Netflix movies. Sure. Absolutely. Especially when it, (laughs) especially when you hover over it for longer than three seconds. Oh, you want to watch this movie? Okay, here we go. I see you've chosen Slumberland. (laughs) Yes. Let's go. Well, to that point, 
I think that this movie doesn't try to hide it really because it's this movie's rated PG. The target yeah, audience. This is, is for kids. Yeah, so like they don't have to be they don't have to be too clever. We as the adult viewers would be appreciative if it was a little more clever, right? But I don't think the you know the kids that watch this movie are going to be a you know some of them won't won't get it until it's revealed to them plainly, and other ones they're going to have fun with other pieces of this instead of like worried about the reveal, you know, or like you know figuring out you know who Flip is actually representing. So I, I think that's what we run into. I think I think one of the misses here that Netflix could have taken advantage of was like you have this introduction to this dream world and I don't think they explore that well enough. And I don't think they make it imaginative enough besides the salsa dancing room. We get some very bland landscapes yep, and that don't feel very imaginative for them being dreams. And I think they had a miss here with, I think they should have explored Nemo's dreams, like at least a dream before the nightmare and before the tragedy, because then you have a baseline of what she's used to being a part of and that sure. in her being her being present in the quote unquote, the, the slumber land. And then from that point on, as things go terrible for her, you see a different interaction with all those spaces at that point. Instead, like Netflix just didn't just chose not to explore this. In a, and I think in a smarter way for a kid's movie, especially, I think the, I think well, they could have got way more out of that. Well, I, I think to, to as an extension, Chris, to what you said is is exploring things just a little bit further and a very simple fix for some of it would have been the nightmare like ink thing, ink squid thing that came after these are our, our, our heroes as they traverse the dream world is mm-hmm. I, I wish there would have been. Now, I know this is rated PG and, and you know, sometimes you don't want to let your writing get too heavy in a PG film. It's going to go over your target audience's head. Sure. However, but we'll get it. So I don't know why they pause for that. But however, I was waiting for, given the source material and how the movie started, I was really excited for two things is, well, who's going to give up the wish that they're going to get from the Pearl? Number one, we know that pretty early on the Pearl's grant wishes. And obviously, you know, we're told they don't exist, but they, they very obviously do exist. It's, you know, a part of the movie's lore. But, and two, the, I, I wanted them to really capitalize on, the, the 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 nightmare, the thing that kept following them, this the the ink squid thing, whatever you call it, we'll just call it the nightmare from here on out, is was a result of you experiencing the grief, but you didn't you let it in. Instead you never of processing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole thing is like that's why I like extraction so much with a little callback to another Netflix movie is Tyler Rake's whole problem is he he doesn't know how to process his grief. And nope. through through the interaction with the kid is he learns through, I mean, while this trying to save this kid and his sacrifice, he learns how to process his grief and be better with it. But I mean, that's the whole thing with here is, you know, I was waiting for, I was waiting for the moment when she figured out who Flip was before we figured out who Flip was, who then said a, a key line to Flip and he kind of just stops there and says, wait a minute. I do remember, or like some really heart wrenching scene with Flip and his brother that causes it to come out. We didn't get mm-hmm. that, and also, I, I I think a simple fix would have been for the nightmare to be as a result of you know Flip's already let it in. That's why he's separate. That's why he can't get back to where he wants to be. But he's trying to stop Nemo from letting that happen. And again, a sacrifice in the end would have been a great way to bring that all to a head, which they didn't do. But I mean, that's just True. me just. I like to 
I like to creatively come out on paper, and that's just what I would have done in the writing, little things I would have done. So I've been talking for a minute. Rob, go go ahead. You seem to have something you want no, to say. No, so I was gonna I was gonna mention, you now look, everything you just said is actually very relevant to some of the flaws of this movie, right? I think one of the big misses though that they have is not necessarily a flaw, but I think it's something that would have helped bring uh or make this movie a little bit easier to to process as a viewer is you know flip has been in this world for years decades right he never once explains to her any kind of like hard set rules besides there's always hidden doors and basically don't get sucked into the nightmare right well that's the no, you're you're absolutely right, and that's my next point. Is but that's the Netflix well, way of doing things. You just, you don't explain hold on, hold on. anything. But the other thing is too, like, what the fuck? What's with the cops? <laughs> like, what well, are they, they actually they, supposed to be doing? Well, they also seem to have no rules or play by no rules. You know what I mean? Like, this a, a problem with a movie like this is without clearly defining what the rules are, is it's difficult for us as viewers to get on board with what's going on. Same with Marvel without a clear definition of the rules, what heroes could do what and when they can and can't do what it's, it's hard to tell the story that is, is Chris, you said in the last episode, it's hard to have the stakes clearly and well-defined. That's the tough part, which Netflix really, really struggles with all the time. Yeah, but again, this movie's PG, and we already had one, you know, one tragedy in this film, right? So I don't know how much more of like of like a stakes feel that we that like that's possible in a film, you know, like this. I I don't know where they could have went besides you know having our main, you know, our lead, you know, almost drowned and have to be saved and have to overcome her fear to make that happen. But like, just on that like same vein of what you're talking about, it. it I think that there's better ways to give us that suspense, like at the end, instead of her just kind okay. of like being in the water. I think that you know, you, like th- there could have been a better way to bring up, like a bring around, you know, when Flip is set free and Philip becomes you know, his quote unquote his old self again, you know, and saves and saves Nemo. But I just, I just don't don't think they chose the right the right way for that. But I don't know what that better way would have been. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's there's hard. no actual answer, but this way was not the way to go. Well, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't agree with, I don't agree with what you said. Well, this is a PG movie, and there's already one. I, there are several films that are supposed to be aimed at kids that have incredibly dark yet very adult, well written stories that play out beautifully. I mean, okay, look at look at Up, for example. Like that movie is that movie has a couple of really tough moments to kind of get over with hurdles, especially like those first like seven minutes. Holy moly, man. You, if you're not crying in those seven minutes, you're just not, you're not a person. You have no soul, but it doesn't mean it cannot be done. And I, I, I know I tend to go on the darker side of things. Like I want, you know, I like the whole trope with, you know, you take the hero down as far as you can before you let that person triumph. You, you take him as far as you can get him in the dirt before you let him. But like that's – I always want to go with that, especially with child characters. Is I, I love I love that. I, I don't know why, but you make it makes for a more resilient hero. Would have been possible to take it one step further in Slumberland. Hashtag. That's what I'm saying. 
Look, I, I, I don't want to like really make a joke about what I just said here, but the only thing that could have been worse for her, legitimately, unless she would have died, the person that was most important to her in her life was gone, man. Like, how much more do you want to break this poor kid down? Hashtag Grayson hates kids. No, don't, don't start that hashtag. <laughs> don't start that hashtag. Would it would be funny if this—that's the thing that caught on in our show—is Grayson hates kids. Yeah, it's all over our um, Twitter. Yeah, let's let's not do that. But I, I got a hashtag. Wait, start. There you go. There you go. Um, Nemo, I she's but you're also you also spend a decent chunk of time explaining to us that Nemo is not a normal kid. Nemo is very bright. She's not. She's well ahead of her classmates. And she's smart. You know, it's just this one tragedy. You know, there was a point where I thought this whole tra- this was all going to be a story in her head. I thought, I see, well, okay, be- I, th- I thought that could be something, too. Yeah. yeah. That I, she was I, just going to wake up and the, it would just been like a one dream thing. That was always in play, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Well, it, it, it could have been in play. It could have been in play, especially with the fact that, like, in the story, as we were seeing it, she came and went. Like, as soon as she went to sleep, the pigs seem to get up and start rolling around. So that's the whole thing is and flip. Of course, his one goal is to get that map so he can traverse the dream world, you know, one step ahead of the cops. But the whole thing is he was one of the co-creators of the map. Yeah. He wrote so the map. We didn't really, we didn't really do much with the map either, which I want to ask the map you was a MacGuffin to, to get now, her to go back in. Well, yeah, of course, but that's you know it was that's one of the reasons it was you. But they get, they could have done a lot more with the map. Also, is my point is why didn't they they did the few things they could have really expanded on? They didn't do anything. And this this what's the 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 blue hub world city that they always seem to end back up in was just as empty as you could have gotten. Now was that by design? No, that was that little kid's dream. Or was just him driving that monster truck through and smashing the glass. Yeah, that, that, yeah, but that like was there was the nothing there. To... That, that was the model he created. Mm-hmm. But there was nothing there. There was nothing there to smash through except the glass. You know, yeah, yeah, he's kid... four years old, man. That's the best thing in the world. But wouldn't a <laughs> you know kid have put would like? But wouldn't wouldn't a kid have put a lot more things to smash through than just a glass and empty streets? He's just a little kid, man. His imagination is not quite developed yet. He doesn't understand yeah, that. He's just I using guess. the magnet tiles. Like, like the magnet tiles are it. Like that's yep. all he's building with. That's it. Just smash them up. You, you, you've you yeah. ever been so right. obsessed with something that, that that you're a part of that you dream about it? I think that's what that symbolizes for that for that boy. Sure. Yeah. Loves that shit. <laughs> I'm so, like, okay. so I think I think I'd like to talk about Jason Momoa and his and, oh, and his boy. character that he plays here. Right. Oh boy. So, right, okay. So a few things I've seen is that. This character was meant to be far more charismatic than Jason Momoa, uh, like had the ability to play. Okay, I would no. I'm so, agreeing with you. Jason is obviously the name behind this, but he's outgunned by the he's outgunned by several people in this movie. Well, being outgunned, Chris is, O'Dowd. No, not not <laughs> Chris O'Dowd, but. <laughs> Why? Hold on, I was being serious. Yeah, I was going to say, but but so hold on, hold on. I, 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 we're a little bit ahead. What the point I was trying to make. I don't, I think, I don't see the whole, he wasn't charismatic enough to play this character. I think he does fine when he's on screen as this, I don't know, like Jack Sparrow-esque character is like the best way to kind of describe him. I think he does fine. He's fun. I think he's kind of fun on screen to watch and he's goofy enough and he feels like he embraced this role and it feels like he, you know, like he put himself into it 
And I don't know, dad bought Jason Momoa. I'm there for it. Honestly, he's, he, he seemed like he was having a lot of fun with what he was doing, you know, besides the, the, the poorly written raspberries that he had to blow every now and then, which I mean, one time was fine, but more than that was a little much. Like, I think I thought his character was fun. You know, I thought he, I thought he delivered a good performance in like, you know, maybe a poorly written character. Maybe is the way I'm I'm thinking about it. I think he's getting a little too much flack for like this film. I guess is where I'm. I, don't know. I think he was fine. Well, so I, I I won't disagree and say that he wasn't fine, but I will mention that if he is the definition of fine in this movie, he is definitely outacted by just about everybody else. Um, I I mean, I mean that's the point I was making is he he might be the star of the movie, but he's as far as quality of acting, he's way down on the list i mean he's fine in that role i guess but it's just i i don't know but i mean look i guess you can only make do with what you got as for a movie where you only have to to give 85 percent or less to be successful in a role maybe that's fine for him too i guess I i don't know but i mean there's lots of problems with that movie with this movie and jason momoa's character is not one of the ones that makes or breaks anything in the movie overall for me. Um, I have we I have real problems with the way like some of this stuff is portrayed as like real life, like her going to school and stuff. Now, I mentioned before that I didn't think anything part of the school was really necessary to just, like dive into the story side. But like when she gets to school, they're like, you don't have a phone. And she's like, no, I've never had one. That's so unbelievable to me for somebody that lives on a fucking island in the middle of this Puget Sound or wherever by themselves to not have a satellite phone or something. That doesn't make any sense, right? Well, I, I think it meant she never she never had like a smartphone. I don't I think she knew what a phone that but they she definitely would, had a though. phone. <laughs> she I mean well, she, but would she never have, had one, fine. She, I mean every <laughs> that's just terrible to me to think that, you know, somebody who was in charge of like naval navigation wouldn't have something like this on their at any given time. I don't know. It's just weird things like that. I'm not saying that all little kids should have phones. That's not what the point I'm trying to make here. It's just a, and then, you know, the moment that she gets a phone, she exactly knows how to use it. Right. Like why, why? (laughs) Well, that's, that's, that's not exactly world breaking stuff, but it is, it is annoying. It's little things like that. It's just inconsistent. But I mean, phones are are designed to be intuitive and kids gravitate towards them. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Fine. Okay. That's if, that, if that's the hill you're gonna die on, Chris. My goodness. Okay. Uh, but it's especially with Nemo, though. Is why is she able to just wander downstairs in the basement and find a hammock and just yeah, like she just disappears and was like, "I live here now." <laughs> like, why? Also, why wouldn't you just go home, <laughs> go somewhere else? I want to know why or how this kid can just fall asleep in the middle of the day oh, after God, sleeping right. all night. She's just like, I'm going. Unless she is <laughs> hyper-depressed and can just sleep on command. There's no way, man. Well, I mean, I would, that, I would kill fits to be able story. to nap like that. Yeah. It's part of the story that she needs to go to sleep when she needs to go to sleep. So I get that part of it, too. But, again, it's one of the... Eh, it's not that big of a deal, I guess. Um, some other things I had trouble with with what you guys just kind of said, though. A lot of... The, the comings and goings of what she has to do to get where she needs to be. And, you know, I thought it was weird that they didn't go with the immediate parallel of all she wants to do is go to sleep forever and not wake up. And then I was surprised when Flip didn't want to get out of wake or get out of the dream world. 
I was surprised when he didn't like that could have been the, you know, all she wants to do is hide from her sadness and go in. And all he was, should have wanted to do was remember who he was and get out. But that they, no, they didn't he's just like cr- that. he just has crippling depression as well. So he's like, but, I live here too. But the, the character of Flip, <laughs> the character of Flip though, is not what Horribly you just said. Depressed. Oh no! Oh no. yeah, he is. <laughs> Flip isn't depressed. The other guy's depressed. The, the the side that he can't communicate with is depressed. Flip is he's enjoying himself running through the the labyrinth of dreams. No, he's running away from the other side of himself because he's afraid of him. <laughs> but okay, well. The character I've been of Flip, through enough though, therapy to know which one of these was actually depressed. Unfortunately, I'm going to leave for Drogba. But, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's not trying to get out of the dream world. Uh, I mean, he likes it there. He wants the map so we can go further in and pretty much operate without any kind of impunity whatsoever. So that that's what I'm saying. Is like It's a weird easy character shift that would have made things a lot more interesting. And again, I wonder how they didn't see that. Well, it's, I, I don't think that they really hashed out that this movie would ever be analyzed more than just a kid's dream movie. Um, because they, they don't do a good job of establishing rules. Like I mentioned before, and like, you can just kind of do whatever you want, except you can't. And you can't go dream to dream. You can't change things in dreams. Like that's not anything that you can do. Like they just they don't they can't really interact with dreams, and, and except for like when Flip uh, dances with the lady, you can't really change things until it's convenient for the plot, right? Like I don't understand how they go about that. Like you're just like, yep, all right, now you can do this. Now you can't do this. Now you can do this. Now you can't do this. So. I don't know. It's like they had half the story and just sort of like, write it. Let's go. But again, I keep saying it, but we live in the age of doesn't have to be good. It just has to be done. True. So there's also that. And and we also live in the age of nothing happens to people who make bad movies. They just continue to make bad movies over and over again. So there's also that. But I mean, I, I can't imagine the script is any is a whole lot better than what we think it might be, if that makes sense. I think the no. script is about average is what it gets. I mean, well, it would I mean, have to be. Movies- the movie's pretty well average, right? Like, isn't that a fair assessment of this actual film? Yes, I did. I, I, no, sorry. I, I, I think what you said is pretty accurate. I am. It's sad that Kyle Chandler got roped into this. And as good as he is, he, he, he raises this movie maybe a point or two from where it would have been. And that's not saying a whole lot, but Kyle Chandler himself was able to, in my mind, raise it at least a point or two. But we're not. We're we're a little bit away away from that. But. Well, I mean, so the thing is, is like I like Kyle Chandler as much as anybody, but anyone could have played that role. Any, I don't think so. The dad, I, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I I would disagree anybody with that, anybody but... with mediocre acting talent could have pulled that off. Seriously, I I'm not sure that's how accurate that is because of how good Chandler's character or how good Peter was. I. I I don't know, Chris. How, how do you weigh in on this? I think it should have been Russell Crowe. <laughs> Thank you, Fat Russell Crowe like too, young, not like skinny. Fat Russell. Okay, yeah, yeah, I was going to say like Gladiator Russell Crowe, <laughs> no, or no. or like Zeus from Thor: Love and Thunder. Russell not Crow. even. I want the Russell Crowe from that that Road Rage. Unhinged. 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 Yeah, I think that's <laughs> the Russell Crowe. You're gonna have a film. you're gonna have a bad fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> 
I mean, I guess I mean, it could have been Russell. I mean, it could have been Russell Crowe. I mean, it easily could have been. I mean, he's a good enough actor. He could have done that. I just don't think there are many people that could have done what Chandler did with that role. Uh, so, but so I, mean, again, I, I, I will say that. this: I connect. I connected with the, with the father character, you know, for the brief time he was around, and I thought, and I think that that you know, it was it was portrayed very well by him. I I, I don't think you know. I do agree. I like with Roger a little bit that I think that you could have had a few different people play that spot, but it's just one of those things where, you know, they needed someone that could, that could nail a connection on screen with the limited time they had. And and he did a great job with it. I mean, I I don't think it hurts, you know, who it was. I don't think it would have hurt if it would have been someone else though. I will attempt to amend what you said, Roger, about, I think there are more people that could have done Momoa's role in this movie than could have done Kyle Chandler's role. I mean, anybody well. could have done Momoa's role. I think you guys are being a little rough on him in this film. I well, think see, he did all right. no, look, he he's fine, but like he doesn't do anything that's successful. Be like, ah, oh, wow, he's so great in this role. Well, I didn't say that though. Well, that's but I mean, that is isn't that a problem? Isn't this his movie? Yeah, no, yeah. but this movie gets made because he's attached to it. So yeah, of yeah, but, yep. I, I think so. Are sure. we will? Are we willing to admit that this is out of his usual range? Right. I uh, mean, well, this isn't, he did. This isn't, this isn't his character. Like his usual, his his usual stick. I mean, he's not doing action. You're right. It is different for him. Sure. Well, hold, I, hold on. I, I hold, can, hold on a second. I can hold agree to that. We not too long ago, maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, we talked about Sweet Girl, which is almost the same movie. No. no. Where what? he acts as where he acts as a guide to a girl trying to figure out. Trying to get he, get out of her own head and figure out what she's going to do next. He murders an action like, movie, he murders bro. like hundreds of Fine. people in that film. Well, <laughs> she well, murdered him. But, yeah, he yeah. doesn't murder anybody, but well, that's yeah, a, but I mean, when he's on screen, he has. He's still acting like as a guide to someone and spirit guide. <laughs> Good peyote. Uh, I, I Jason Momoa think, came out and helped I me think, slaughter people. I think comparing it to Sweet Girl and this film. His roles in those films are very different. <laughs> well, fine, but yes. the movie itself isn't a whole lot different. I mean, when you when you get more broad, but I mean, okay. So, I mean, yeah. except for the fact that she was having schizophrenic delusions and murdering yeah, okay, people. Fine, fine, and fine, this fine. Is, I'm this wrong is about some that. girl processing grief. <laughs> fine, I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, I'm wrong about that. Fine, fine, fine. Those but are different, sir. As far as you're, you're, you're right. This isn't this isn't the movie, the kind of movie you think Momo would be attached to. Yeah, but I mean, what kind of movie do you think? Mo- take away Aquaman, and then what do you have? You can't take away Aquaman. That's his biggest role. No, but remove it for one second of the conversation, and then how do you classify Momoa? I mean, he's going to be in Fast Ten. He has several movies, big movies coming yeah, up. He's he's an action star. That's mm. what he is. Well, I mean, I think. Are you going to say he's going to say he's comedic or he's drama? You, he's no, not. He's an action I, hero. I. But can you call him that yet? Is my point. I don't think yes, you can call him. He's that. fucking Aquaman. I would label Jason Momoa as an action star in his current skill set that we know of. Whether he's a great action star or a slightly mediocre above average okay. action fair. star, I think that's how it would be perceived. Okay, that's what I was trying to say. Okay, that's more fair. That's more fair. Yeah. But he's out. He he's he's outperformed here by Kyle Chandler, Nemo. Chris Dowd, Marlo. <laughs> Barkley and about anyone else in this movie, he's outperformed by and the and weird kid growing mushrooms. <laughs> that, yes, that guy, and the weird guy in the bathroom that gets his stuff interrupted four times. Uh, yeah, that's 
that's I have a problem with the the main draw of your movie shouldn't be one of the worst actors in it. I mean, yeah, am I wrong? I, mean, I, I don't think it makes a bit of difference, though. But, Does it? But if it, if it doesn't make a bit of difference, it's only because we live in the time when it doesn't make a bit of difference. Sure. I mean, how I mean, many Netflix, Netflix doesn't look at this as Netflix looks at it as we got to give some people something to watch tomorrow night. This has to be out when we say it was going to be out. So yeah. I mean. But that's it's a whole different, it's a whole different, uh, it's a whole different kind of arena when you take away trailers and pay to watch movies. It's a whole different kind of you you, you make movies differently than you would have. So that's that's the whole thing. Is what I'm trying to say. No, I mean I get it. Like, look, it's the thing with this movie is. It's not great on a lot of reasons. I mean, Jason Momoa is the star, gets outgunned by, legitimately gets outgunned by a child. Um, uh, The movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They don't do a very good job at it. And that's a problem, right? (laughs) All those things put together make it, make it not great. I mean, that's, that's how we have to look at this. It's just not very good. That's, I mean, that's how I look at it. Period. It's a shame because it could have been some of those points, some of those story points could have been extremely powerful. Well, just remember, Netflix generally doesn't make good stuff. Eh. They just don't. They yeah, no, generally no, that's numbers. Right. Numbers dictate they do not. Most of the stuff we watch on Netflix, we give below average scores to. Now, listen, every now and then they come up with some fucking heater, right? Something's excellent, but it's what two out of ten. Two out of that. Fifteen? One out of ten? Maybe two out of ten is probably being... Two or three out of ten is probably being accurate, and that's still not great. Yeah, one day we'll have to look back for the past... Do a year in review and look at all the Netflix stuff and see what we actually gave a good score to from Netflix. I bet you it's less than what we think. So Uh, (laughs) You're not wrong about that. You're not wrong. But the the thing is, this movie works on some levels and doesn't work on other levels, and that's what has me so intrigued by it. Well... I think this movie works as a kids movie on Netflix as Jason Momoa in it, right? Okay. Like if you're if you, if you're a kid, if you're if you're 12, 13, 14 years old, you probably think this movie's fine. Right? When sure. you and most, most parents and, I'm sure think it's fine. Sure. I mean, listen, it's very watchable for a little kid, right? Chris, your kids watch this movie? I I actually watched it without them they uh, they weren't present when i watched the okay film. well so i just wondered so, so, like my, I, so my kid just wandered in and out as i was watching he's like she didn't care that being so. said i think my seven would like this film honestly well i i could definitely see why somebody her age yeah. in that age bracket would enjoy this movie now look the more you break this movie down the worse it gets it's just something that's going to happen but you know a pg movie about dreams and processing grief for a little kid it works most of the time right it's fine. That's how I would put it. Fine. Yeah, you're not wrong in anything you just said. Um, it could have been more, though. It really should have been and could have been more. And I liked it more so, than I should have. I, I, I'm going to admit that. I, I liked it more than I should have. So I think this film has definite room for improvement. It's not like it's not like we look at this film and, we, and, and, like, and we're – I think from my perspective, I'm not looking at this film and saying – Oh, this thing! This thing is bad, and it no matter what, it would have been bad. The thing that hurts the most watching this film for me is well, that's most disappointing is that I feel like this film could have been way better with you know sure. with, with even with the cast they had. I think this film 
could have been done a little bit differently, and I think it would have gone a long way. So I think that's the hardest part about watching this film. And yeah, a couple of small tweaks makes this movie better. I think so. Yep. And, and well, that, I think that's tough. Let me ask you a question. If you were going to tweak it, would would you make the girl older or younger? Like, if you had the chance to change one minor detail, what would that detail be? No, that wouldn't be what I'd no. change. Yeah, no, yeah, the, the, I have no problem with that. I think, okay, to answer the question, I'll, I'll go first on that. The thing that changes for me to make this film better is that either A, we explore the dream space before the tragedy, so we get a little bit more time with Dad, who is probably That's a good the, one. Who is probably the strongest character in the film, so we get more time with the person that we that we lose, which I think is a bigger impact. And we get to see the dreamscape how you know before and after that effect. I think that that's important. Or I think that we explore the and we do more with the dream spaces when we're in them. Those are the two ways I would do it. What about you, Roger? I think I think you get a better film. Um, in this movie, I think you completely wipe out anything school related. It's not needed. It's not useful. I think you explain the dream stuff a little bit more. Maybe some rules, like I said, uh, and you definitely explain why the fucking cops are there. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> right? Well, the thing is, they never really, we never really fully understand their purpose. It's just a, to, they needed some reason that they couldn't just have Flip going everywhere. They needed someone yep. chasing him. And that, to me, like, you don't just throw a random element in there for that reason. You've got to explain why they're there. Especially, like, someone that's going to police your, your heroes and tell them why they can't do things. Yeah. Yep. Of course, of course. And then why they catch him when it doesn't matter. You know, all these yep. things. So what happens? So if the if if Nemo never went back to get him, he's just rotting in prison cell for the he rest of his life. He just dies in that box, yes. Well, I mean, he dies when What's-His-Face dies. So, I mean, that's the thing is I don't even know if the small tweak I would make, Chris, you're, you're, everything, you, everything you guys both said is 100% right. You absolutely do that. Uh, maybe you do a little more with what a what a nightmare is compared to what grief is and how the two are different and how one is one is more dangerous than the other and grief would be way more dangerous than not getting over your grief is way more dangerous than nightmares um, absolutely you do things like that you but there's nothing saying because it's a pg movie you have to stick to the simple stuff you can make it a little more difficult that people will get you just have to be clever about it you have to you have to think about it you just have to do it right you're yeah. doing yeah, so I mean, I guess you uh, little things. I would have. Now I think about it, she's probably the right age for the for for the movie to make a whole lot of sense. I would change Flip a little bit. Is I don't know. Do we know why that outside the fact that the the brother is boring and very kind of paint by numbers? Why Flip had like the appearance he has and wears the clothes he is it because that's the most opposite they can come up with. Uh, he has personalities to disassociative personality disorder. No, that's why he. That's why he's dressed the way he's dressed. That's why they chose the. the no, that was a, it's just a that t- was a split personality joke. Boo! Oh, okay. boo that's right. You boo that. Totally, <laughs> to, totally missed that one. Um, I agree with you. Well, I I agree with the, the flip needs to be changed. I don't know how I change him. I guess I I flip to me was the mystery here of what they really screwed up the most is flip is he could have, he should have been a better character. I think it's Flip's story. That's bad. I don't think it's flip. I think the flip we got is fine. It's just his story, his motivations, his reasons are all from, from an adult audience is just kind of whatever. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't feel like there's any heart behind this character that is supposed to have some depth and supposed to be interesting to everybody. 
it's good for kids because he's just woo on screen. But other than Ooh. that, I know it, it does. It, it just doesn't deliver much for an adult audience. But again, we're not the target, so you know I, we're, we're going to find things to pick apart in this film. I, I, yeah. I believe, yeah. and we did, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we did. He's not like a New York mobster, and we yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with him? He fell. Um, yeah, no, it's good. It's good advice to how to change. It's so simple how they could have just 150 million bucks and they couldn't just say, you know what, we're going to take two weeks hiatus, come come back and rewrite some scenes and make this a whole lot better. But Netflix doesn't care about doing that. They don't care. They have their two or three movies a year that they want to compete for Oscars and they put most of their creative juices behind those movies and then the rest of them just, they exist and was, was what they are in perpetuity. And it's unfortunate. I mean, listen, we've definitely watched worse Netflix movies recently. Oh, we've watched a lot worse. I mean, if you want to, on the scale of Netflix worseness, this is okay, actually. Yeah, it's fine. I was, I mean, I'd be, if, if I had to get this or other things, I would just accept this. But it's funny how Netflix doesn't, they have, they really, I mean, if, they have, if their movies would be better overall, they might have a shot at really shutting movie theaters down. Hmm. If they could just turn out banger after banger after banger. And just, I just don't know why they don't. That's my whole thing. You guys ready to wrap this one up? Yeah, I think sure. so. I think so. Is there anything you guys want to say before we move into scoring it? No, I think we covered just about everything I want to go over. Well, let me ask you this one last question then. Okay. All right. Six months from now, are you going to re- are you going to remember anything about Slumberland outside of Jason Momoa? No, probably not. What about you, Chris? Unless- Unless my seven-year-old certainly likes this one and puts it every now and then, no, probably not. I'll remember Jason Momoa and the Pearls and how they could have, they really could have made a difference with the Pearls. Of, I thought it was weird that it was, I thought it was weird that it was him that gave up the wish and gave it to her. I thought it would have been the opposite. All that coming from a mile away, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, but Regular remember, this, this is a movie for kids. Yeah, I guess you're right. And the fact that she got a second one. Like, why is that yeah. so important if she just gets another because one? Because Pig's the hero. <laughs> Pig is the unsung hero. Even Come Pig outacts Jason Momoa here. So five people ahead of Momoa. Even Pig. There's a lot that... Yeah, Jason Momoa and the Pearls. Because when I, when I think of movies like this, What Dreams May Come pretty much rule the roost for me. I don't know if you ever saw that one, Chris. Did you see that with um, uh, Robin Williams and Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, I haven't seen that one. But um, I think you guys should check out Little Nemo because I think that's where this draws a lot of inspiration from. It's a, yeah, it's Little Nemo. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Little yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's been it's been around for decades, like a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, eighty nine. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So good, good, good. Um, let's. Who wants to start scoring it? I'll score it. So okay. this movie, I think, actually, it has a lot of charm underneath. Of, of like of the surface as you're watching this film i think this film will be fine for kids you know for the age group that's it's intended for and with a few small tweaks this movie could have been way better and i can see what that is i think that's what hurts the most um i i didn't mind um momoa's performance i think you know he stepped out of his comfort zone and i think i think he did an okay job of what he was trying to accomplish here in the role and with that being said the movie does have its does have its moments this movie's a four uh, I wouldn't. I won't recommend it to any parents to watch along with their kids if they can help it. But I think it's a, it's a fine kids film, so it, it, it's a four for me. Okay, Roger. 
Grace, uh, I'll go. Sure. Uh, I was also going to go with the four. Um, it's almost okay, <laughs> which is <laughs> the best way for me to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just it's not all there, man. Like there are just pieces missing that could have made this better. Now, look, it wasn't going to be the greatest movie ever made, but it didn't have to be as bad as what it was. Um, if you got kids, it's fine for them. Probably if you're going to sit down and break it down on a podcast for 40 minutes, uh, you're going to turn out that it's got a lot of holes in it. <laughs> Weird. Um, but it, it's fine for most people. It's a four good for kids. Sure. I'm going to go with a five, uh, for a lot of the same reasons you said, Roger, I'm going to say f- also is there's a lot of good stuff here. It's not capitalized on, but there is potential and promise there for a much better movie, even with the same characters and the same cast and cast list, the same cast and roster list. You could have had a, a much better emotional ride that I think would have resonated with people a whole lot more than what we got. Uh, I think when it's fun, it's fun. When it's emotional, it's emotional. Kyle Chandler, um, everyone out acts Jason Momoa, and even though he's the pole, but Chandler opens and closes the movie beautifully. I think the little girl is she does really well. Uh, I'm a, I'm a fan of animated stuffed pigs, <laughs> so there's that. I'm gonna go with a five. Yes, it's, it's recommendable. I just you got to be you got to know what you're getting into when you get into it because it's not gonna it's not it doesn't require much of your brain space, which is unfortunate because this is a movie dealing with make believe and dreams. So that's that's the odd part, I guess. But yeah, not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Not great at all. Well, gentlemen, we did it. Another one is in the books. This has been episode 308B of For the Love of Cinema. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe, every little bit of health. More importantly, thank you very much for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I'm at Grayson Maxwell One. I am Matt Rogers Stillian. I am Christopher, and I have no Twitter. No Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix, and we're going to catch up with Avatar before we watch the sequel that was 13 years in the making. No, I, I, I give you guys, I give you guys a golden opportunity for an insult, and you don't take it. I was going to just call it Pocahontas.